You're cool. listening to What's Eating You with Brian Yang and my co-host. Ooh, it's Ariel Yates. We're recording inside of the Canal Street Radio Studios, recording in partnership with Listening Party. Uh, you guys, please follow Listening Party and Canal Street Studios at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market on social media. I'm at Brian Yang. Ariel is at Ariel underscore comedy. And our illustrious guest, my good friend and new friend of Ariel's, new the friend. hilarious comedian, writer, actor, uh, improviser, sketch yeah. writer. No, don't mention the last <laughs> one. They lose respect Tyler, if you say that. Tyler, the creator. Yeah. Super fan. Faria dropping bombs free thanks for coming dude hey guys thanks so much for having me i'm so happy to be here this is uh very fucking cool (laughs) very cool to be in the canal street market yeah i didn't know this was back here you guys are fucking tight we're We're fucking pioneers yeah okay yeah when you're cool like us you just stumble into cool shit tucked away in the corner that's fucking true of a food market that has a podcast (laughs) actually legally in new york every building has to have a podcast studio that yeah. is that's a yeah. new law it's a that new they passed ordinance. Yeah. thank you de blasio paper straws podcast wait how long have you guys been doing this this year? is the third episode oh yeah. shit we're yeah. early brother. we're early on mm-hmm. you're getting in on the ground i love floor. that yeah. Yeah. i love yeah. that that is so cool yeah and is this your guys's first podcast together it is yes, yeah it we is. had we started it last year and then it kind of fizzled yeah and now we're here in the market that's actually beautiful because you know what the fizzle is normal in this economy (laughs) (laughs) you can't keep everything alive that's right you gotta get your mental health right oh brother talk about mental health i didn't want to take it there brian yeah Yeah. i mean no i love when brian keeps it real (laughs) it was during christmas time things were going on you know we just kind of had to take a regroup session that's now legit and then yeah. look how the universe was like and we'll give you this space yeah right. how'd you get right. this who'd so you meet I, dude uh i did a stand-up show here right behind shut us shut up i'm so jealous yeah and i had been on a guest on a podcast that recorded here and the host was like you know they're always looking for more podcasts so i was like well yeah. i have an idea with ariel and we had kind of stopped no way. then i did a set and the guy who runs the studio saw me and he was like, hey, if you have an idea for a podcast, we're looking for a podcast. I was like, oh, I actually just did an interview here and I have an idea. So I emailed him and then, boom, we got this. That yeah. is so tight, dude. You, like you said, the universe all came it together. It really does. Yeah. It, it just lines up the way I think it's supposed to. Yeah. Although yeah. I don't know how much that checks out. <laughs> but no, I will yeah. say when things are good, then you're like, this shit. Yeah. Up. yeah. Like, wow, this was kismet. But it's also, <laughs> I think it's like. You know, kind of the laws of attraction. Like, I yes. wanted to do something here, and I kept finding myself here. Yeah. And then it just, like, you know, if I didn't come here a lot, then it probably wouldn't have happened. But I just kept coming back, and then it, you know. Yeah, like, I'm very <laughs> impressed. And also, like, just very into the entire vibe. And for you, I feel it's very fitting. Not to be too enthusiastic. Wait, whose show was it? I need to know. Uh, oh. It was um, Fumi Abe and Mike Nguyen's show. God, Pack they're City. so cool. Yeah, those guys are the <laughs> they coolest. They have a show here? Yeah, yeah. They're they, they so were the, cool. the pioneers. So they their show, uh, Asian Not Asian, God. which is also on our network listening party and Canal Street Radio, 
the wow. records here as well. And they're like the godfathers of this. I'm about I'm to hit them beautiful. up. Hit dog. them up, dude. Is that myself? I'm about to hit them up, dog. Their show is wild. I really it's want packed. to do it. This room right here behind us is packed out into the food market. They are yeah. like, they're like, um, you know how some, you know how like there's some comedians that like just create their own path and That's, their own audience. Yeah. It's always like dudes who like, have a show and a podcast and like whatever. You and they're like those guys. That <laughs> you kind of have to guys? do that. You know? You're doing that with your shows. Yeah, what's going And your so? open mic. Let's well, talk about Let's you. talk about Faria. <laughs> Farizi on social media. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, so did you started SUP, right? The open yes. mic. That's for like women and LGBTQ yeah. people. So yeah, like yeah. that's your own thing. That's you know? true. Yeah, that's that dope. is cool. We did feel bad and that's been awesome and like um it's its own little um part of the community and a lot of i actually think it's been a really chill space to like encourage a lot of like women and queer people and gender non-conforming mm-hmm. people that like when you go to regular mics where it's all 100 percent straight white dudes who <laughs> immediately <laughs> hate you as yeah. soon as you walk in and don't like your jokes or anything about or you. they're like who are you here to see yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like they're not into your vibe, and then so that is just so it feels so bad. Yep. <laughs> and then if you do, if I think a lot of people that have come to SUP are like, yeah, those mics suck. It's like nice to have this space, and I feel that same exact way. Yeah, it feels right, right? When you find like, your place and you yeah. make your own lane like that, you're like, yeah. oh, this is like how it's. Suppo- this is how like white guys feel all the all time. Yeah, <laughs> like just to feel comfortable <laughs> yeah. when you walk in and you don't have to feel like. <laughs> aggressively like ashamed oh, I what's up be dude mediocre <laughs> at this yeah. mic and it's okay cool, yeah cool, yeah cool, yeah cool, cool. you can be mediocre and you will not cry on the way home exactly. <laughs> you know like it's one of those you feel like proud and yeah 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 <laughs> along the same lines you have your show outcasts as yeah. well right which is like along the same themes right it's it's more open like yeah. straight dudes can also do yeah, it like but straight dudes can do it's it. usually non-white guys yeah it's and, like uh yeah it's also kind of the same lane right right like, i yeah like for outcasts i haven't really put like a definer on who's on it i'm kind of just booking like who i like <laughs> and who i think's doing cool shit and i think what it, the theme is becoming uh because it, it's been like four shows now or something or three shows i think what the theme is becoming is just people that are like just doing their own shit maybe a little bit different Mm -hmm. you know because i think that's fun too and it's like different styles of comedy right i went to the first one yeah and you came out wearing a horse head oh yeah five (laughs) minutes as a horse comedian (laughs) and it was funny as fuck thanks dude at union hall which i think is like the best venue for shows it's like so great yeah because it's small but it's also like when it's packed the ceilings are low it feels dope yeah and it's still like a theater but then it's yeah. also a bar basement which we're all used to fully stocked bar yeah. and they have food it's like a perfect place so yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i gotta go to that show yeah the only thing is i just wish matt would email me back but that's a private <laughs> matter I, I shouldn't have mentioned that on the yeah. pod i don't I'll know how to not it. mention all my grievances on the pod. i'm so sorry yo matt if i get fired from union hall i'm just gonna go ahead and say i'm sorry i love you matt thank you for everything they're pretty chill there but you'll be okay like, yeah yeah Write her back if I've never know. seen a bad show at Union Hall, which is crazy. I have. Oh, you have? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen bad sets. I haven't seen a whole bad okay. show. Okay. I yeah. do feel like the thing about Union Hall, amazing space, but like every other time, the crowd 
it depends on who's in the crowd. And uh, sometimes right. the crowd walks in and I don't think they know what they're expecting. Or maybe they're just like local Park Slope people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm going to go check out something tonight. And then they're not expecting like alternative weird comedy. Right. And mm-hmm. then they're like get kind of uptight and they hate it. And <laughs> it's so hard. That's true. They can be tight sometimes. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. It depends. Yeah, they are Park Slope people. What do we expect? Yeah. I mean, God bless. But <laughs> it's the most fun when people walk in and they're just like down for whatever. Mm-hmm. That's when you have the most fun yeah they're like let's get weird wait do you guys think as comedians do you think that the goal is eventually to crush in every single room uh which or is it like okay if you only crush in certain rooms and don't crush others? like sometimes i feel like i'm in a room and i'm just maybe i'm just not at that level maybe i'm not a good enough comedian yet but like sometimes i'm in a room and i'm like you don't like me and you will not like me by the end of this either yeah. you know what i mean i think that i'm never gonna crush in front of a southern mama crowd and yeah. that's kind of okay with me yeah. i think i'm all right i think those people are not for me yeah, yeah. It's i right. agree i think that notion of like you should be able to crush in any room like comes from like usually it's like a white club comic who says that yeah. and it's like that's the standard well, right well i guess that's like the world is fit for that yeah, yeah. The so white, like right. traditional that's standard, the standard right yeah yeah and so those guys always say like, you should be able to crush in an alt room you should be able to crush in a black room it's like well right. you can because there's a shorthand for you everyone can place you right yeah right. and for me i came up in white um yeah. traditional clubs right so i can do that but i remember the first time i did asian af yeah and you crushed uh, so hard i crushed w- way harder than uh, standard comedy club show. Was that like the first time you crushed like the hardest you ever crushed? Yeah, and I was like, that's oh, beautiful, dude. This is how it feels to be a white comic. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you just do that show like last I year? I did it in November. Holy shit. Ten years into comedy. Ten years <laughs> yeah. into comedy is the first time you crushed the hardest you ever crushed. In front of sure. Asian people. Yeah, yeah, because you don't get to do Asian rooms all the time. Exactly, and um, the way I describe it is, is like you don't have to over-explain your material. They just yeah. know, right? And it's yeah. just the same shorthand white comics have because the world is the world is white built culture. around white culture. Right. Like we all know, we know white culture. Yeah, exactly. We're not white guys, right? And we know our own culture, and then we also know other right. cultures on top of that, right? That's true. Sometimes my jokes get long because I have to explain little shit right. in between. Imagine right. if you did, so specifically Asian F. It's like first and se- second generation millennial Asian Americans. Yeah, and it's exactly people who were brought up. Like I was. So yeah. they totally get everything I'm coming from. Yeah. And yeah, there was no reason to like over explain something. So like, I think it's nice if you can be a comic that's like, oh, yeah, I can crush in every room, whatever. I think that's false because it's like you're probably going to catch a bad set someplace. But yeah, I yeah, think it's I fine to make your own hum- lane. That's the thing about doing stand up is like it's always humbling because even if you're like Dave Chappelle, you're still going to maybe catch a bad set. sometimes. Yeah. Like maybe now fewer and further sure. between. But d- in his last special, he talked about how he bombed at one show because he was like high or something. Yeah. <laughs> like. You know, I was but at the show he bombed at. The, no remember the one way. in Connecticut? Yeah, the one where, in the outdoor uh, He just show. read a book. Yeah, what I happened? was at that one. That was my first show. Oh, so he show. didn't do like material? They were, it was, I mean, it was an all white Connecticut crowd and they were like, oh you know, God. I'm Rick James, bitch. And he's like, if you keep heckling me, I'm just going to not do this. I'm going to get paid regardless. Whoa. And so like someone in the crowd had a book and they were waving it. And he's like, give me that book. I'll read it. And he's, he's just so and people will like booed cool. him yeah. off the stage, and he's like, "I have to stay on stage for forty five minutes yeah. <laughs> for forty five minutes." And they just and really yeah. did they hate him yeah. the rest of the time? Yeah, they did. It was uh, he a couldn't piece of win mystery. them back. That's di- no, he didn't want to. 
Yeah. He's Dave Chappelle. He has and this was like that height of Dave Chappelle. Inspiring yeah. to me. That yeah. is cool and like that's that is what's cuz I feel like right now I feel sort of like put in a box of like you know how it is when you're like starting out and it's like okay, well I have to have a tight 5 and blah 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 mm-hmm. like you're mm-hmm. always just like desperately working on a tight 5 and trying to get a tape which always just it feels hard. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like if once you're Dave Chappelle and all of us you're like all the way there and you already did all that shit and you already did all the work, you can just read a book on stage. Yeah. Like that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even in his his last special, he was like, I just gonna come up with a punchline and you guys are gonna laugh and it's gonna be fine. And then it works. Like, and it yeah, works. And I'm like, like fuck this. This is easy to me. Well, now. I yeah. think yeah. once you do it for twenty years, it's like in your bones. Right. Like you don't have to grind as hard as you did when you were like young at yeah. it, perhaps. But the same as like a Kevin Hart. Like he doesn't care anymore. People right. are gonna pay all the money to see him yeah. at Madison Square Garden anyway. So he's wow. just like, I'm gonna just tell this story and hopefully you guys laugh. I'm like if you don't, you don't. Well that's like when Amy Schumer's like the special before this one, the leather special, like I remember like all, seeing all these like reviews online, which also like reviews are so funny of stand up, but like it was <laughs> like <laughs> there's a review like the audience reviewed it already, and if they yeah, laughed, yeah, then yeah. it was like good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like a lot of people have thoughts on Amy Schumer. Like, I think she's funny. Like, straight. Yeah. Like, even if she, it's like not fully like for me because she's like a white lady or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I think she's funny. But like, people are like her stand-up special so lazy. Did you see that? I people mean, people, that. you know, it's just, it's not fair. And like, I don't even want to defend Amy Schumer because I'm not like a right, huge fan, but right. also like, I mean, have we seen Kevin Hart specials? They are lazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They rely mostly on act outs. So Look, like, that's it. That, okay. That's also the thing is everyone sort of leans into the thing they're good at. Yeah. But yeah. when you're young and you're getting notes, they're like, well, don't you? Brian already knows because <laughs> yeah. I had a breakdown, <laughs> I had an emotional breakdown the last time I saw Brian. But it's like, they're like, don't do this or you're leaning too much on this. And it's like, damn. And I guess it is good you don't want to like be stuck in one place like it's good to be well-rounded i don't know it's just so fucking hard until you're famous no one wants to yeah give a that's the thing you. like right you they want you they want to make more famous comics to make money right right but they want you to kind of already be famous on your own mm. Yeah, which is it's like weird. a lot of hard fucking work, <laughs> yeah. a lot of day Many job years. hustling. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, yeah. it's just, it is so hard. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Comedy's just in hard. it right now. Comedy I'm hard. sorry. I'm, I am Comedy in hard. it right now where uh, I'm like, let's talk about something nice. Let's talk about okay, food. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> yeah. food. Yeah. Yeah. The point of the food. No, we, we can, we'll get into it. So, Faria, you, you, your family immigrated to America yeah. from Pakistan. Yeah. And were you born here or in Pakistan? I was actually born in Pakistan. You were born in Pakistan. Yeah. How old were you when you came over to the States? Uh, I was like four. Oh, so you, you basically grew up in America. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. And yeah. Grew up speaking English and everything. Yeah. Um, but for me, my parents are also immigrants. Um, so I think we're, we'll have like parallel upbringings. Is that like yes. growing up? We only ate Asian food. And then yeah. once I started going to school, I remember the first day of kindergarten, for whatever reason, they served Thanksgiving dinner for lunch. What? So You're I like, had what the never, I don't think I'd ever had turkey oh. or cranberry. Also, like Asians don't eat turkey because it's not good. Like Ronnie yeah, Chang yeah, had yeah. just did a joke about it on really? uh, Fallon about how like turkey's gross. It's dry. Yeah. It's like the That's worst. So funny. Yeah. So yeah, I remember vividly. <laughs> It was turkey, mashed potatoes, corn, cranberry sauce. I'm five years old. I've never eaten any of this. I've had corn for sure. 
Uh, and then I take one bite of the cranberry sauce and it was just like so sweet. Right. And like, what the fuck is this doing on the plate with right. this other food? Right. And I puked. Oh, <gasps> First shit. day of kindergarten, oh. I ran to the <laughs> trash can and just puked. And then I was like, what the fuck? So like, that's how I was slowly indoctrinated into like American food. I yeah, feel like. Yeah. Like that first day of kindergarten. Yeah. Um, Similar experiences for you, or <laughs> did you guys eat American food? Did at home? you throw up at Thanksgiving? Yeah, <laughs> is okay, my real question. that's so that is like just almost poetic. Like <laughs> threw up after eating American food for the first time. Yeah. There's like something to that. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. So like, grew up eating a lot of Pakistani food. Well, before um, we moved, before we, so when I was one, actually, we did live in a few random places before we got to the states. We lived in Cyprus and then in Canada. Oh. And I was so young that I don't fully remember what was going on there. But um, I do remember there was some time in elementary school. I think this is when we moved to South Carolina. And uh, we were reading that Dr. Seuss book, Green Eggs and Ham or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then like they, at school, they like had a green eggs and ham. <laughs> like, this is cute. And I ate it. And then I went home and told my mom that I ate that. And she's like, we're Muslim. We don't eat ham. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and I think ever since then, it just made me want it more. Uh, the pork? Because <laughs> I'm not supposed to have yeah. it. So that's been kind of a constant in my life, sort of a back and forth. Um, oh, so there, 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 there have been times where you would eat pork and then stop eating pork? All the time. Yeah, yeah. If my dad hears this, he'll be so sad. And we just won't tell him. Yeah. It's it's funny because um, there's in America there's this thing about like how Christianity and um, Islam is so different, right? But yeah. so many Muslim Americans I know are just like Christians, where it's, it's like, like I'm Muslim when I'm around my parents, yeah. but when I'm in New York, I just eat whatever I want. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, like on Good Friday, I'm gonna eat. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Gonna happen. Or yeah. like they do Lent, but like it's just cultural. It's not religious. Right. You know right what I mean? Exactly. Right. Yeah, I think I think um, there's not as much of like. Like, now we're, like, so used to, like, cultural Christians or whatever. Right. But there's not as much of a, like, out outwardly spoken, acknowledged, like, okay, they're just cultural Muslims. Right. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pressure, um, I think, between different generations. Uh, have you guys actually watched that new Hulu show, Rami? Not yet. No, someone is telling me to watch it. Yeah. My Pakistani friend yes. is actually telling me, like, you need to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, like, really good and does capture, like... <laughs> the um just like the struggles of being muslim in america in this way that's really interesting and i'm like oh shit that is very accurate i mean it's not exactly my experience right. but it is definitely very similar and like there's people i know who had that kind of experience of like like i i decided when i was like 13 i was like i don't think i'm that religious <laughs> <laughs> but like um and his character is like still struggling with um being religious and how to be religious and be american and stuff and it's just like so interesting because it is uh you know like a challenge like there's a lot of different pressures on you mm -hmm. and a lot of different voices telling you what how to live and what you should be doing to be mm -hmm. a good person and um so it's pretty confusing stuff i don't know like i just like i'm like I'm not that religious, but I am. I'm one of those. I'm like, I'm spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I believe, agnostic, you would say? I don't know if I want to say I'm agnostic because I think there's something going on That's, here. Okay. But I don't know what it is. And, and like, Yo. I feel like right now I'm sort of like, I'm label free. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like, I am Muslim at the core of yes. me. That's how, what I was taught. That's how I was raised. Right. 
Um, when I get scared, I still say Bismillah Rahman Rahim. <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm about to go on stage at a big show, I'll be like Bismillah Rahman Rahim or something. Just in case. You, you never know, know who's mean? listening. Right. Like, yeah, like that kind of thing. And, you know, that's my that's entire exa- culture. Dude, yeah. same. Like it, whenever I want something, that's when the prayers go up. Yes, but, which is fucked. <laughs> I, yeah. do. yeah, like, I don't go to church. I think Christianity is so fucked up. Yeah. But when yeah. I want something, it's like, right. yo, God, look out for me real quick. But yeah. it is. But the thing is, like that duality should be like that. Is, we're all existing in that duality, but we're like not allowed to say it. Yeah. We're supposed to just choose one side. Exactly. But, like, it is like organized religion is incredibly fucked up. It's yeah. let down everyone ever. There's been wars. Priests are touching little kids. Like, um, there's all kinds of fucked up shit. Even in Islam, like, there's fucking terrorists who are doing shit in the name of Islam. They're not fucking Muslim, right. but they're saying they are. Like, what's going on? Like, organized religion has evolved into something that is essentially corporate. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah, yeah. and, like, and you're supposed to just fucking get on board? Like, no. Like, it's you should be allowed to have duality and be like, it's actually terribly confusing. Yeah. Yeah, and you... Ca- Being alive is terribly terribly confusing. confusing. It's funny, too. Like, if you draw any criticism of these things, then you're called, like, not faithful. Right. That's, like, the yeah. thing right. of any religion it's like, if you're like, wait, this doesn't quite add up to me. And then you're like, you're not faithful. You're going to hell. It's like, wait, yeah. I can't even question this thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so that's what's really right. tough. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I guess I would say I'm agnostic. But I also think it's like crazy to be on either side of the fence. I have yeah. friends who are deeply atheist. Yeah. And I feel like that's also insane. To me, that's like kind of depressing. Actually. Dude, I'm atheist. Really? Are you? Uh, so I have a friend. Who like reads all the atheist books and goes to atheist conventions? I don't feel like yeah. that's like a religion. <laughs> that's what right. I said. I that's was like, like dude, the Bill Maher. People. Yes, <sighs> they, he he went to this podcast of this big atheist guy. I forgot what his name is. Uh, some white dude, obviously. And uh, he wrote obviously. a book. Yeah. <laughs> And um, is it very white of me to be atheist? It's super white. Uh, oh, uh, to be like no. very sure. So my buddy is like Doesn't so sure. Have to be white. And uh, <laughs> well, it, like the, the main guys, I guess, who are like constantly on Dolmar criticizing Islam and uh, terrorism. Like don't they don't. They weirdly like aren't as critical of Christianity, which is like to me historically way so worse. So they're like libertarians. Libertarians. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like this thing of like, wait, if you're like reading books. And going to meetings, you're literally in a church, just it's not the Christian church. Right. To me, yeah, like, like it's one <laughs> Now you're like, in a church to be pissed about right. other yeah. people's beliefs. Yeah. 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 What, so, okay, so you're an atheist, so, like, yeah. what is it that you believe is going on here? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I think you just die. So I you think, do it, like, you think just, we're just like animals and we evolved into this? Yeah, probably. I don't really think anything happens i think it's depressing for there's sure there's no That's why higher I don't really power there's no heaven hell no. there's no meaning to anything no. that we do oh, no. what well, what's oh. the okay here can i ask you a question yeah please <laughs> okay what do you think and sorry if this wording comes off like aggressive no i this love is, it okay why are you a dumbass no, <laughs> shut up. that's not what i was gonna say that's brian but um that's well, more offensive well yeah. okay okay so like we're on earth and we're supposed to just like work our asses off and deal with all this bullshit on the daily like what's the point of working hard what's the point of trying to achieve anything i don't know it makes me feel better right. to like That's achieve true. stuff and do things so i might as well follow that i don't That's i don't true. i don't we're in a system that uh rewards you right on so, earth if you do that right so i might as well just follow that and see what happens like i don't want to be homeless i don't want to be like right. living uncomfortably but do you know how there's like a passion 
like yeah. and like love and stuff. Yeah. What do you think that's about? You think that's like chemicals or something? It's probably chemicals, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I just think. So also context, I was sick and almost died. So I had cancer. Oh I had leukemia. Yeah. Hashtag cancer survivor. Life yeah. Life oh life my life God. Life 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 life. Oh my God. No, no, don't even. I literally life did nothing. Life. It was like science or whatever. No. Ariel but beat cancer. Like literally beautiful. Congrats. Yeah. Like amazing. <laughs> Bless. Face death Stop. and spit in I its did. face. I did. When, how old were you? Um, This is 2014. I was 25. I'm 30 oh now. I'm 30 yeah. as well. Oh, high five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 31. I'm oh. old. Okay, oh. get Sorry, out of here. Oh. <laughs> oh, All right, I'm leaving. Bye, guys. So <laughs> I found it really interesting that like a lot of my cancer friends, because you have like a cancer community That's at that point, awesome. um, a lot of my cancer friends either would die, which was super cool, or they would like become super religious. And I'm like, well, I mean all my friends are dying around me and like suffering. Oh, I hate that the podcast became this, but okay. I kind of love yeah. it. So, I'm so sorry, but I love it. <laughs> this is our last episode. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've had a few friends that like really fucking suffered and they were like wildly religious, like went to church, like got wheeled they into church like whenever they could. People. They were good people and that then they suffered. That. They did yeah. not deserve. And I am a literal trash bag and I'm still here. Right. Which, like, I guess you could say, on um, if you're religious, like, oh, there's a reason that you're here, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that. Like, I'm not connected to that. That's at so interesting. Okay, like, yeah. that's why up top when I was like, at the universe, everything happens for a reason. That's why I was like, uh, caveat, I don't know. If that's <laughs> true. Yeah, because like, how do you explain it when bad stuff happens to good people? Um, one of my really religious cancer friends, she's like, well, uh, being really religious and believing in God doesn't mean you won't suffer on Earth. But it why just, do? But then I'm like, then what is the point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what? And then why do bad people get to thrive? Like why is right. Trump the president? Yeah, right. it seems like bad right. people mostly get to like thrive. Like a yeah, yeah. Even, even in comedy. Yeah, oh, like yeah. people I hate who are like successful, yeah. right? Or that like have stolen jokes or right. are yes. doing just like terrible things or just like being rapists yeah. and shit. Like they're able to thrive. They'll and, like, never get cancer. Yeah, and never people. get cancer. Yeah. Like so, what's with that? <laughs> what's up with that? I think it's like you know. It, to me, it's hard to say like uh, definitively what's going on. I mean, right. you don't have the answers, Brian. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But like oh, for me shit. personally, I wouldn't call myself an atheist. An atheist, but I also wouldn't say that everything's just randomly happening for no reason. I feel yeah. like I you can create your own purpose, right? Like I know. Yeah, I get that. I'm passionate about comedy, and I'm right. passionate about like wanting to leave earth better right. than it was when i was here yeah so like those are things i personally want to do and i think like it gives you personal purpose my wife yeah. was deeply religious growing up and for a long time she struggled with like well if you don't have religion what makes you a good person she felt like religion right. is what made her a good person i was like right. no you can just be a good person on your own and I feel like That's, it's on you to yeah, like and it find can, like, meaning. Enhance your life. Yeah, it's on you to right. like do the right thing, right? And then there's like a shitload of evil people, and I think right. that's like also on you to be like, well, I don't want to be that. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm not an atheist that's going to like meetings and like hating everyone else. Right. I love that everyone. Like, I have many super super religious friends. My, my very best friend growing up still. Um, she goes to church three times a week, and oh. they don't. Her family doesn't believe in contraceptives, so oh, her mom man. has like thirteen girls. Damn. Oh my um, god! Yeah, they're like wild. Like a lot of my friends are very religious, and I get it. Like I get what right. you're doing, and I think it's very cute. But I just don't. It's not for me. Yeah, and that's, that's okay. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, I get that. It's interesting because this show, not to keep plugging this show, <laughs> but I did just watch it last night and I was like, this is so fascinating because it's sort of exploring the concept of like, well, if you're not religious, like how, yeah, like how do you know you're a good person? And it's like, well, this is how it felt growing up Muslim and a lot of people that I knew. It's like, well, if you follow the rules, you're a good person. But then those people would find like loopholes to get what they want. Right. Still, right. And it's like, is that not selfish and self-serve? You know what I mean? And it's no. like, yeah, it's just that whole idea sold to you. Like, if you just follow the rules, you're a good person. But that's not how it works. Yeah, I mean, and you still have a moral compass. You still have a moral compass. And, like, a lot of people are like, if I, yeah, if I'm super religious, then I'm set. But yeah, then they no. don't look at... I think it's, like, almost like religion is set up for people that are very type A and rule-oriented. Mm -hmm. Like, because there's a lot of people that um, they're just very structured. And that that's what gives them happiness and stuff and so it, it benefits them in that way yeah my, right my aunt meanest lady on earth yeah. deeply religious yeah reads the bible her husband is a pastor they go to church probably like five times a week sure. they're there every day and <laughs> every day yeah but because in her <laughs> mind i just remember as a child her being so mean to my right. brother and i yeah. like one time we stayed with them when my parents went on vacation and she told me my parents were never coming back, right? But what? and imagine being like ten years old, you're like, wait, what? What's that? Was like you? fucking Yeah, you. no, insane. You burned into my memory. You're right. But I think because like you said, she had this structure of yeah. I go to church five times a week, I read the Bible, I'm a good person. Because right. I'm doing all the steps. I'm a good yeah. person, but fuck these <laughs> but kids. Fuck these kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think there is like this weird um compartmentalization religious people do is like well i do all these yeah, things and right. all this other stuff doesn't count because like, right they're just like if i do the things on the outside on the list i'll get into heaven not into hell but it's like right i mean and oh, my family's all crazy so my dad's <laughs> side of the family is jehovah witness oh. and my mom's like catholic christian so we like grew up catholic like going to church but then my mom decided to maybe go to like a christian church so i've always okay. kind of been like ambiguous about right, it right. you were also in a cult um, don't was, forget oh yeah i was also in a cult no! <laughs> I was. when oh my god there's just so much then? happening wait i really like your whole thing <laughs> i want to hang out with you and hear all of your stories like it's helping me <laughs> Well, Brian does love that. I was the 18. The call is hilarious. 18? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so well, and were you, did you just feel like you were in a place <laughs> no. where you like, wanted something? Here's the thing. Okay, no, I had a boyfriend that was in this cult. Of course. And oh, I'll show you the videos later. Okay. Because there are YouTube videos of this cult. What, do, was it, it was called, called a cult? It, no, it wasn't called a cult, but it was a cult. It was called the Modern Mystery School. Yeah, so it's and basically when, when you see the video, it's like clearly a cult. <laughs> I'll just say that I have always feared that I am the type of personality who is susceptible to getting recruited oh, for sure. a cult. Sure. I'm like always seeking hey. meaning and like a group of people that understand me. Well, comedy is like a cult. We it talked is. about yeah, this. Comedy's a fucking it is a cult. cult. Yeah. Because like you can't just Because leave. we're shitting on all these quit. people for going to church like three times a week. Yeah. But, but we, we force ourselves to mics. For literally no reason. Mics why are, are worse than it? church. Because we're like, we got to get these jokes tight. But yeah. like, the why? people need to hear my take on chicken. <laughs> like what? Like, 
holy shit. Sometimes <laughs> I think about that. I'm like, what is this? Why weird? am I doing What's this? What's the fucking purpose? Because when you right. tell a normal person, like a, a civilian, about what you're doing, they're like, so I are you getting paid to for this? About it. I just got into like sort of a <laughs> tiff, maybe a fight with like my best friend from childhood. Yeah. She was like talking to me about comedy in a way where I was like, this is offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't. Cause, but it's just like real and it's just so hard when people try to talk. I'm like, just don't talk to me about it. I don't yeah. want to talk to you about not. it. I'd rather not. It's yeah. my private well, thing. But you know what's crazy? We're the crazy ones. Really. We are psycho. I yeah. told someone, when I, w- I was explaining to someone like the NBC stand-up audition right. process and they were like, because you have to stand you have in to line. Go in the fucking in line. the rain. Like this year, it rained, right? So I the people on the line—it's oh, so yeah, crazy. Yes. I and then day. you get one minute. I yeah, I like have just been like, I'm just gonna not do that. Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> but do, can't you like submit a now, video? Now it's funny. Like the internet has existed for uh, thirty years. Yeah, they just started taking internet Feel submissions old this year. Yeah. <laughs> so now you don't have to stand in line. But for the last. Six years I've been in New York. You stand in the line all night, and then you do one minute. All night? Yeah, and then... Um, and hope for the best. One minute. If you get passed to the next round, you get two minutes. Ooh. And then you explain that to someone who doesn't do comedy, and they're like, why do that? That's so dumb. God, dude, and I will say, like, it's supposed to be diversity, or is it just like... Yeah, everyone? it's supposed to be... So the other dark part of it is that um <laughs> it's just a bunch of minorities on the street all night. Yeah. oh my god <laughs> also it's like one minute you have to like you Set have to up. be like yeah. yeah you can you just have to be one of those comics who came up in a traditional yeah. atmosphere yeah, 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 yeah. you yeah. can do set up punchline exactly. and this is what brian and i were talking about yeah. but if you're not if you didn't come up that way you the system does not benefit you if no. you're a storyteller like us yeah then what are we doing if you're just a little bit weird or perhaps yeah. a character person right. even though kevin hart relies on act outs like oh, we yeah. just fucking talked about cat williams yeah that guy's dude. A character. sweating yeah. and act yeah. outs i can't do that in one minute yeah what about this so i just saw this thing about revolt tv have you seen this no. that they have a new show called funny af feeling funny as fuck uh-huh. okay and they are paying the comics on there. it's like a comic view type thing or like a laughs on fox and they're uh, not paying the comics anything <gasps> yeah wait what is that a channel revolt i think is it's it like a youtube channel? channel puffy owns it ah uh, p. p diddy notorious of ciroc <laughs> vodka <laughs> why are they not paying comics but Everything if the opportunity so was presented to you, would you do it? I've done so much free shit that Same. it would probably, I would just do it. I yeah, that's say, what I'm saying. I will say the place I'm at right now, which I shouldn't be saying on the podcast, but I do believe in honesty. <laughs> and if this hurts my career, I love then this. I guess I love fuck this it. honest podcast. But like, I feel like right now the place I'm at with my career is I am driven by desperation. Mm, I'm just like mm-hmm, desperate. Mm-hmm. I'm like fucking working my ass off doing shit for free. Mm-hmm. have to like, Sat, like I have to cancel plans with like my family and my yeah. friends all the time so I can go do yeah. shows that I yeah. bomb at and then hope that it, it makes me better and then people talk shit to me <laughs> and then I don't know then I'm like I don't know I'm just so desperate to break through to the next level and I know that that mind state is a mind state of scarcity that is um, affecting my probably my entire being it's probably gonna affect my health like that shit takes over so I don't know when I'm going to like grow out of that. But right now, the phase I'm in and like the sort of competition we're put up against all the time, it's how it makes me feel mm-hmm, driven mm-hmm. by I don't think that'll hurt your career. At all. That's I think so like honest you need and that. real. And you I feel like yeah. I, I, I feel that exact same way. Thank right you for, yeah. thank you guys for validating like me. That. I feel like a I, lot of comics, though, like don't 
fu- they're not like fucking real about the shit that we're all going through. Everyone wants to act like they're everything's fine. Everyone acts and like they're killing me. it all the time. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that fakeness of that. No. I'm like, I don't want to fucking tell you. Like, I just want to be honest and say I bombed if I bombed. Right. Yeah. I have a, I'm a part of it. A group thread of, I mean, I, I think we all are like a group thread of comedians, like Jersey comics. Yeah. And I presented that question about the revolt thing, and they're like, "I wouldn't do that." And I'm like, "So real cute that you have like integrity yeah. right yeah. now, but like, how many fucking free shows have we done? Yeah. Right. Why not get a TV credit? Like, why am I, I gonna pretend a, a TV credit would help me so? Like, yeah. I, I'm like the way I think about like if I got a fucking like big cool credit or something then i could go out on the road and maybe get paid a little bit of money yes. or just at least even get have more spots because even in new york you can do a lot of spots but unless you're passed in the clubs you can't do the, like right. three spots a night right, like right, right. i'm i'm not passing any clubs and i guess i i'm trying to do that or whatever but i sort of have to like make my style fit into their style so that's also a whole fucking process and it's like i can do every indie show but that's still not three shows a night yeah and so if it's I good to have them, like your stable like this yeah, is a place i can the go people up every that night. get to do clubs are the yeah. ones who get to have consistent spots and they get better <sighs> faster and they get jfl and shit yeah but yeah. Even that's tough because like i look at the lineups and i'm like i don't like i see certain people on the lineups it's like man i wouldn't fit on this show that's you how know i feel I mean? all the time so dude. it's like set up not so th- when i look at what mike and fumi are doing honestly yeah. it's like I think that's the new path. Create your Create own your space. Own yeah, and then yeah, they have cool. room that they can do whenever they want, right? Because it's now po- it's to me it's better than a club because there's no drink minimum and everyone wants to it be there. It is better. It's like and we are able to create our own spaces. Mm-hmm. Like there's places where they they'll let you put up a show for free yep. or whatever, and like that's so true. You can. It's just I guess the task that seems daunting is like to get it to be so big where it's like at the level they're at Mm -hmm. but i think it's like having a podcast or something where it's like this is what i realize i think is that it's if you have some kind of consistent outlet that people can find you at that's how you get a big enough audience to have some kind of consistent thing like yeah because they have this connection content. with you yeah every week and like then they everyone can check that, in like okay like cat cohen and pat regan's podcast yeah. is huge and every time they're on a show it's like one million 24 year olds come out right like and like I feel like I'm having I'm struggling with getting people to come to my shit consistently like outcast. See, this is again. It's so honest. I'm going to get fired. from <laughs> no, no, loving you will not. Like, loving the look. Right I'm now. like, I'm like, you know, it's just not I don't always pack it out or whatever. I, I get like people there, but it's not like one million people. Dude, and- I just did a show with Kat. <clears throat> And uh, when she came out, the place exploded. Dude, she's famous. Yeah, I was like, what? This is crazy. She's she's like famous and she's like, I mean, she's written up all the time and she has a podcast. I think it's like these outlets. Straight up do stand up and sing like a she's very singer. talented and yeah. uh when you have to like follow that you're like i have no talent not, <laughs> who am i really fair. i'm just yeah. like no, I, she's uh, good. I, w- I went to the grocery store today <laughs> and she's like a broadway singer <laughs> she's really talented and she's really funny and she's really good but you know like we're all good too you know true, like true true i don't know it shouldn't be that shouldn't um discourage us no this think. podcast is gonna blow up yeah. and i think ariel, ariel you can sing right i can sing okay cool yeah amazing yeah, yeah. i can sing <laughs> she can sing too all right let's bring it back right. wow so honest Wait, what were we, what were so we real we were getting we were getting to the food oh yeah um, <sighs> so, you, so where are you now with pork <laughs> having, said, having said all of that with your honesty are you on a 
pork kick now or well okay i feel like i go through phases and and sort of lately i feel kind of guilty so i'm straying away from it but i will say like I oh wait no just kidding I just had pulled pork last well night. yeah Hell I was gonna yeah. say weren't you pulled you were pork. you were you were touring down south recently right oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I uh, yeah. I did go to Houston and I don't think I had any uh, pork there actually okay. I'm trying to remember I don't think I did. Um, Stayed strong. Oh, I had a chicken and waffles. That was mm. amazing. I had the best chicken and waffles I've ever had in Houston. Nice. I almost didn't get it because you know how you can get chicken and waffles up here in New York? Yeah. And I was like, well, fuck it. And it always makes me feel sick after. But then I ate it there and I was like, this is the real shit. <laughs> I mean, you can get good stuff here, but there. I heard the food in Houston is really yeah, good. Yeah, it's like a food town. I yeah. was there only for like literally a day, so I did not. Yeah, but then at night we did go to this Cajun place, mm. and uh, I got gumbo. Oh yeah, it was fucking amazing. There was like mac and cheese, and they had um little pieces of brisket, like beef oh, brisket yeah. on oh, top yeah, of it. Yeah. It's indulgent. I got red beans and rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. probably has pork in it. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah That's like not keto. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still keto? Nah. No, I knew it. It's so it's too what hard. The fuck so is that's keto? another so uh, the other cult that I'm in, I'm I do keto. I've been doing keto since that's like January. What, Look that's at that's why glow, I'm so perfect and beautiful. Yeah, yeah, you, you do can look say perfect it. and you beautiful and glowing. Uh, being an Are atheist and keto. Uh, I'm so happy. <laughs> um, I'm like I'm I'm more of a cheating keto. I'm a cheater. I was cheating too, and then I just like, wait, I'm not even doing it. <laughs> yeah. I like want to do diets and stuff, but I just like uh have to eat what i want me too especially when i had like a hard day food yeah. is my savior yeah. Yeah. i get that i um, tried so hard but like i have i just have like an asian ass brain yeah and every night i don't even eat that much white rice oh, but once yeah. i got on keto I, w- I was literally i told you i was dreaming about rice like, dude i, I, I to have yeah. to eat i really feel you that i have to eat rice like every meal or it doesn't yeah. feel like a full meal yeah it's weird i just grew up like that so it's like yeah whenever i try to do no carbs or whatever i'm so hungry yeah you know why we're like it's in our DNA. I am Spanish, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Rice and beans. All right, all right. And I don't have either of them. All right. I all right. understand the struggle. Okay, okay. But let us have our excuses. I just, it impresses me that you can struggle <laughs> like that and then still stick to the thing. I know, it's so hard. Like, for me, I just, I'm like, what's, this? I can't do it. I yeah. think because at this point in my life, I'm like tired of rice. You know, like I what? was done. I was done with rice. Oh. I'm obsessed I was ready I love, with rice. Yeah. To be over it. I've gotten really good at making rice too. That's the other thing. Mm. So. I love rice so yeah. much. Chicken and rice. Oh my oh, yeah. god. Yeah. I actually, actually in the Canal Street market, you can get an amazing chicken and rice. Oh. It's have actually you, like Peruvian. Have you guys <laughs> eaten yet? I was gonna get lunch. No, we're after. Oh, okay, yeah, let's yeah, eat. I would love to eat. That's the whole thing. Cool, cool. After, yeah. And yes. you can ask me more questions yes. <laughs> about yeah. my terrible <laughs> life. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. What else? What else? Like weird? Because I know you probably have weird food news, like you always. Do. Oh yeah, I have some weird food news. Yeah, so, I'd love um, to hear it. This <laughs> is like um, following up on um, a story we had covered a couple weeks ago about the Are Lucky still- Lees. Oh okay. <laughs> so Eater did this whole article about like several um, white chefs are opening restaurants oh. with the name Lucky. Whoa, interesting. Yeah, but none of them are connected. But they're all basically white chefs doing Asian cuisine. That is a trend, right? It is a trend now. And their big thing is the way they're marketing it to white people is they're saying like, oh, this is clean Chinese food. Okay. Which because is Asians deeply, couldn't possibly. Exactly. That is so 
deeply racist. That's like deeply offensive. But also what's fucked up about it is it's playing off the whole thing of fast Chinese food that became popular because immigrants came here and needed to make money. And then they made these chain like fast Chinese food places that... Okay, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You're right on. You're, no one was you're jumping there. in. No. And so then that is like, okay, that is like greasy fast food because it's fast food. Yeah, and yeah. also though, it's not dirty, right? Like, it's not. Um, the article also went on to say like, these places aren't even making the rice the right way. Because like rice is a thing you can fuck up if you add too much water. It's right. too yeah, like yeah. you you still want the individual like, grains, yes, right? Yes. Ha- there's like a v- art to making rice well. Absolutely, a little bit sticky. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want too much water, but you still want it to be moist. You don't want it, it really hard rice. It's not. I good mean, either. I've heard that about rice. I don't really yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> I've been keto. Probably too much. Rice doesn't exist in areas world. Okay. <laughs> I am having a teacher. But based <laughs> on this story and based on us talking about it in the past, is there a way? You think white people can respectfully open no. a restaurant that's not from their own culture? Very interesting. That is an amazing because there question. there are tons of restaurants that are Asian, Mexican, uh, Latin that are run and operated by individually yeah. only white people. Yeah, and I always, to me, I've never had a place that's good that's run by. Because it's like, what is white culture? Yeah. It's okay. that. It's, it's taking another. It's taking culture. other it's, shit. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, okay. So I have some things to like sort of add to this conversation. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Let's do it. Let's and do like. It. Okay. So then it might be. It might not be the most popular opinion. But okay. Two. Okay. So here are two things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. There's two restaurants in New York that I think represent sort of both sides of the story. Okay. Awesome. So the first side is there's Yvonne Ramen. Have you guys been there? No. It's no. it's next to Caviar in the Lower East Side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It is. I'm not going to fuck around. I swear to God, I swear on my own butt that (laughs) (laughs) it's the best chicken ramen I've ever fucking had. It's so delicious. It's mind blowing. Von Ramen. Yvonne. 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 And it is, it is, well, he was on that show on Netflix or something. Uh, And, um, but anyways, it is a white Jewish guy who married an Asian woman and they lived like in Japan or something. Right. Yeah. I watched this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it really is. The ramen is so good. Like, it's like, the chicken fat is in it. It's mm-hmm. like the most delicious broth. It's amazing. And like, it's like, okay, well, that is white people doing Asian food that I'll does feel it. to me done right. And it's like very popular and there's always a line there. Then on the other hand, there's Mission Chinese, mm-hmm. who um, a comic, young me, her hus- or ex-husband opened it and she like helped them open it. And she's like, that's like part of her job and stuff still. Yeah. And it's like a very popular restaurant that is like uh, young, hip, Chinese food run by actual Asian people yeah. and started by an Asian chef. Danny Bowen, right? Danny Bowen. Yep. And it's an incredible food. And it's like a fun experience. This is probably that clean Chinese shit that people are... It's like a nice, fancy, upscale... Like he took his French training and then went back and... Oh, is that he, Danny Bowen? Yeah. So he's like a classically trained oh, chef. I didn't know that. And then went back and was like, oh, I don't... Usually what they do is like they go work for like five-star restaurants in new york that are either american or french that's but he's yeah, like i'm gonna take my training and take it back into a chinese restaurant you know what in a way when you said that right now i kind of feel like that's what we're doing because we're training in like these white people <laughs> exactly. territories and yeah. comedy and then, taking and then one back. day we can like take our comedy back to like audiences that like want us yeah. <laughs> yeah right and that's what's slowly starting to happen i right. think now there's like 
gay shows, Asian yes. shows, yeah. right? Where those spaces are, I mean, you sound like a snowflake when you say it, but like safe spaces for it's us, like, right? But it's it like. Is it a snowflake thing or no. is it just fucking necessary to not feel like shit? Exactly. Like, I feel like a lot of white dudes and like the old traditional comedy mindset is like, you're supposed to feel like shit. It's supposed to yeah. suck. And I'm like, I don't know. Is it right. like is what you're doing that revolutionary, no. or is it like kind of boring just and like, just standard? Right, just being mean to the gay guy—that's not nice yeah. or funny. Dude. Yeah, but like also, what? They've been able to <gasps> to do these jokes in front of white audiences. So like, yeah. isn't that their safe space? Yeah, yeah no, yeah, exactly. One. But they can't understand that. And uh, if this guy, if this guy in the wrong hands, some fucking guy in some fucking random place is gonna comment and be like. Liberals are out it again. Like uh, bring I've seen it on. so Fuck many them, comics yeah. or oh God, so many comment, comments on that. Comment, like, and subscribe. The, here's the thing. Like to me, white dudes are the most sensitive people I've ever met. I know, and because it's a fucking twist. In in uh, <laughs> all they do is talk about how like colleges are too PC now. You can't say whatever you want. Right. But the second you make one statement that goes against what they believe, like. It's they've only never been, been attacked. Yeah, in that and they've only started way. to be not even attacked, questioned in like the yeah. last two years. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, "Oh, America's changing. You can't yeah. do anything you want anymore." It's like, dude, we've just started questioning you now, and you That's can't handle exactly, it. Exactly. You're and the you're the snowflakes. You're the sensitive ones. Yeah. We've grown up. Me, thirty years having to live a dual life as a white person in society and an Asian person privately, and yeah. then but <laughs> looking Asian in public. Yeah. And having to act white in public. And then, like, you're all fucked up, right? Your, yeah. your identity is all fucked up. You don't know who you are. Right. And then a white guy, all we're saying is like, hey, maybe don't say the F word. Maybe don't say the yeah. N word. And like, why can't I? Oh, you're you're yeah. first amendment, <laughs> second amendment. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, dude, yeah. calm down. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, maybe uh, your best jokes don't have to be homophobic. Yeah. Dude, I, I, uh, I went home to Virginia uh, last weekend, this past weekend. Mm-hmm or yesterday it's like monday right (laughs) (laughs) um and i decided to try to do a couple shows there i don't normally like normally when i go home i'm like fuck it i'm too lazy and then i just tried i did a couple shows and i like drove in from the suburbs to like go into the city to do the shows two i mean it was so nice for people to put me up but it was rough times i was like (laughs) the only girl okay the best jokes of the night were all like homophobic jokes or jokes about dicks or whatever you know and then like they they did not totally get me it was just so hard and i was like and i think i've been sort of maybe in my own liberal bubble in new york recently of like when i started out i had to do shows like that here but now i've been able to do mostly do like shows where it's like pretty diverse or like just liberal type shows you know at like union hall or whatever it's like people like you and they it's whatever um and it was just a reminder of like oh it could be like that like where that's the only place i would get up and i would have to like change myself like i have like weirdly structured jokes like that are the way i want to do them Mm -hmm. and it's like they they're like i don't know it's just like when you don't do well on the show and then the best joke of the night is a homophobic joke, am I still supposed to think, well, one day I need to crush in there? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I mean, think... Southern Mom is not for you. Yeah, and I, I, don't, okay. well, I like, think I'm... it's fucked up because, like, the opposite is not true, right? Like, so I'm a straight man yeah. and I did um, Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers' show, which is all gay people. It's all gay. Yeah. And the audience is all gay, right? right. But they accepted me in that space. So why can't the like why can't you like accept someone who's 
Like I was the most different person on that show because and I was straight. It, it went great. That's awesome. Because that audience is open, right? They're, they, they, yeah, they want you to be yourself. Yeah, and also there were sixty, com- sixty comics. Everyone right. does one minute, right. and um, no one shit on anyone for like being different or no one punched down yeah and it's possible 60 people went up and no one shit on gay people or black people like yeah it's amazing that is what things could be like we could have our our, i guess we kind of do entirely have our own scene that's developing that is based on that and not based on like the traditional uh toxic male uh homophobic like have to be straight white guy or whatever thing like you know, they yeah, don't it was awesome that they are punching down is the thing. They don't they think that it's like this because is comedy, it gets, but it gets laughed. Yeah. Like the yeah. people at the show loved it. And I was like, who are you guys? You know, I'm going to be doing that show tonight, baby girl. Uh, <laughs> South Jersey. Oh, is, yeah. is that oh boy. <laughs> I was talking to my friend. Uh, I was talking to Amy Rose Ranger. You guys know her? Yeah. OK. Uh-huh. And I was talking to her about like the thing we were like analyzing comedy and um. I've just been so on this shit. Sorry, am I popping off? No, 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 you're good. You're okay. Good. And, um, but she said that, like, uh, she, there's people that can crush in, like, um, indie hipster rooms and then crush in, uh, clubs and then also do, um, shows on the road, like, in the middle of nowhere where it's, I forget what it's called, like, VFR or some shit, where it's all, like, biker dudes. VFW? VFW. VFW. I don't yeah. even know what it's called. That's yeah. how much I don't yeah. know about yeah. that. Oh, and, yeah. and, uh, we we're talking about it and I was, and, um, she was like, she's like, she has done those rooms and it's like makes you really well rounded. And I was like, that is really impressive and really cool. And then she was saying someone like Jabuki, Young White, who's like the best. got a career. He's yeah. popping off. He's doing great. Um, could, probably wouldn't do great in those rooms because all his jokes are millennial jokes. And it's like, but he's doing great. So does it matter? I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. Yeah, because I personally don't. Think I listen to an interview with Christian Shaw. Super. Yeah, I su- love her. Dude. She's yeah. really successful, she's and so she cool. said the whole time she lived in New York, she was never passed at a club. <gasps> yeah, really. And all she did was indie shows, and she has her own TV show. So like, and she got so JFL at some yeah, point, right? Yeah, did yeah, she yeah. get new faces at some point, I, or she did must she just like because, get famous enough and they just put her on? I think she must. She must have gotten JFL because then she became a writer, and then she got her own show. So yeah. But she talked about how like the clubs were never her scene. Damn, and, that's inspiring. And if you I think about think, the time yeah. she was here in New York. It was like the tough crowd, Comedy Central guys, right? It was very like yeah. masculine yeah. energy. It's still kind like, of like, it, it, like it Comedy Central sometimes is still like that. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. In a way. Um, and they're like slowly with Broad City and the other two. Yeah, like they're slowly. trying to transition a little bit. Right. But the stand up for sure is still like yeah. white dudes. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. traditional. Yeah. Which is like, okay, those, there are those guys like there's space for like you know like they deserve spots they work hard and stuff but like don't we as well yeah yeah more so (laughs) more so i don't think when you guys are talking about getting you were talking before about getting cast at a club and stuff that for me is not my path like i'm not Mm. even worried about that i i I think that we will be able to do our own thing without having to get past at a club and i think that having our own spaces is going to be like integral and you could do shit online now is my thing so like but just so what free said i just want like i mean if you'll pass me at a club i'll take it yeah no that's what i want it's just like yeah exactly the consistency I'm hungry for spots. Right, like, right. Yeah, like consistency would be great because sometimes there's some weeks when I have a bunch of shows and then some weeks where I have no shows and right. it's like and just to know like oh like on Saturday I yeah. can get up for five minutes like right. that's all I want and like yeah. work out this stuff right. and like yeah I mean I honestly this whole time up until now was like oh I don't think clubs is my path but then recently I just went through this whole thing where I was like 
well, I sort of feel like I'm almost at the cusp of like getting or like being considered for these opportunities that I want, but then I'm not quite there. And I'm like, oh, is it because I'm not, I don't have these consistent mm-hmm. spots three times a night or whatever. Like, I'm just like, okay, so what do I need to do to make it so that I can get there? And I was like, maybe I have to do clubs now, which I didn't think I would need to do. But maybe what it is, is I need to just have more of my own spaces, like the way we're talking mm. about with like Fumi and Mike and stuff. Yeah. So bringing this back, I think I can do it to uh, <laughs> if white people are able oh, yeah. to. No, but I think I can connect the two things. It does seem like, let's say, uh, I just watched this episode of um, Mind of a Chef. This Japanese yeah. chef went to France and he's doing traditional French cuisine with Japanese influences, That's right? Amazing. And it feels very respectful and it doesn't feel like he's appropriating French culture. He's uh, taking what he's learned by being a Japanese immigrant living in France for so many years and injecting his own personal feel into I the love cuisine, that. right? That's love so inspiring. And I don't think he's like calling French cuisine bad or shitty. It just feels like when white people do it, so bringing it back to comedy, it feels like when we transition into mainstream rooms, yeah. we have to cater to their needs. Yeah. And then when uh, the opposite, the opposite is never true, right? Like you'll never right. have they a club have cater to really like cater to our needs. So that's what I feel like is happening. And I bring it back to the original question. Like it seems like when white people open Asian restaurants or Latin restaurants or restaurants not from their culture, that respect isn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it feels I, more I like get appropriation. That. It does. Feel, it feels like it. Ma- that's what makes them like cool and different, right? Yeah, it's like that they're like into Asian stuff, and it's like. Yeah, you're not. You, you lack a, a deep, uh, fundamental respect and understanding of the culture, right? And you more put it on as like a fun T-shirt to show, like yeah. yes. that you're cool and different. And then to use coded language of like this is clean Chinese food. That's just yeah. yeah. They don't understand how incredibly fucked up that is. Yeah. They don't get it because they're honestly not. Um, they're probably rarely put up against. They don't have to. They don't know what it's like to be a minority. No. That's what wonder it's if like. I have any minority friends that would tell them like, no. hey, maybe right. this is not okay. Well, that's what. But that's like a thing to explore. But that's why I think person. that ramen place is okay because his wife is Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's and probably. And he lived in Japan. Yeah, yeah. So she's probably in his ear like, look, cook this food. Right. But don't talk about it. You I know do, what I mean? And it does feel, I mean, I don't know. I'm not like a food expert, but it feels respectful. Right. Well, because the whole marketing of Lucky Lee's was that. This Chinese that food won't make you off. feel sick afterwards. No, like, wait, uh, why? Like, why are you saying that? Like, there's no reason to say this. Oh, that's just so incredibly fucked up. I and feel like you can respectfully make this food they, they, if you want to. I think for them it should be a learning mm-hmm. lesson because I also think maybe something that uh, is that like, like the other side calls out liberals for, which I do think is. Uh, bad for society is bandwagoning or when we when we like immediately want to persecute someone if they make one small mistake i think it shouldn't be so quick to be like you need to be like fucking set on fire Mm -hmm. it's like these like these people make mistakes because their experience is limited but what they need to do is admit to that and be like i made a mistake because i'm not a minority and i don't have a minority experience and i'm ignorant and they need to learn from that Instead, like I don't think we need to be persecuting people because I think that's what causes fucking. That's like what that's violence and that's yeah. like yeah. what causes but I will issues say, and 
it seems very hard for white people to do that. So like, well, some people are just fucking they, stupid. They get that's like a fact. super defensive. Like so yeah. immediately. All news like um, there's so many like minority women um, uh, who were just elected into public office, right? And there have been instances where they say something like slightly off, and I feel like they immediately apologize. Like I remember, I forget um, oh which person it was, but she said something um against israel which like i had agreed with but like she said like you know what i knew like i still have the conviction of what i said is true but if anyone was offended like i totally get it and i apologize yeah, yeah. white people seem like when you say like hey what you did was racist they go the other way like no i didn't how could you call me racist that's right. so yeah. fucked up but, I'm so like they're far away they're from very racism. like because they're deep down they know that they're <laughs> yeah right. so it seems like it's Women and people of color, when they're called out, usually are better at being like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I fucked up, my bad. Like, and then white I mean, people are like, they double down on like, I would never do anything We're like right conditioned that. to apologize. Yeah, though, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Fine. No, seriously. Did you see that video with those little kids um, in school? It was an English, like a BBC video. Uh-huh. And it's, um, they had all the kids write about what they thought about other cultures. So all the yeah. white kids wrote about the South Asian kids oh. and all of the Whoa. South Asian kids wrote about the white kids. And so they were like, what are some key words? So they started with the South Asian kids. What do you think about the white I kids? And they wrote like video. bacon. <laughs> and they wrote um, just like kind of nice things. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, lazy. Because they're not like actually doing their homework. They're right. copying off of me. And then the white kids were like, oh, no. I don't want you to read ours. Uh, and this is like 10 dude, years old okay. or something. Yeah. These okay. are kids. Okay. And they read them and they're like, first one was Primark, which is shade. What does that mean? Primark is a is the store that's like kind of, it's kind of like going to H&M, but cheaper. Oh. So that was shady first. Yeah. And then they were like, um, dirty, smelly, like fucked up things. Like the, the list demeaning. was long it's and incredibly... fucked up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this kids. is some- this is so interesting that you brought that up because, okay, so something I've been trying to do recently is make jokes about internalized racism because when you grow up uh, minority in America, brown America, whatever, uh, you're taught to hate yourself because that's what they're fucking teaching you. It's yeah. like, unless, like, it's European beauty standards. White people are successful. You are less than. That is everything being taught to you from a very young age. So, um... I tried to make a joke about it, but I feel like sometimes it's hard for people because it's like too deep. Mm. It's like too dark, but it's real because racism is real and it's incredibly demeaning. And the entire systematic oppression of people of color is at the base of it, at the root of it, is them saying you are less than us. Mm -hmm. And it's like if you bring that up to them, it's just that hurts too bad. Even talking about like slavery. Yeah. That's like that's too dark. You still can't even talk about that. Like that's too dark. Like it's too fucked up that they did that to people. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it wasn't me. So like that's why they're like, so quick to brush it off. Yeah, they're it's so quick so to say that. Oh, my God. The Ancestry.com commercial. Did you guys see that? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's oh, like this Brian. this black woman. It's like 1800s, right? Yeah. This black woman and white guy are like they run through the streets. And then they stop at this corner and he pulls out an engagement ring and says, there's a place we could go in the north. To the north. We'll be safe. And she just takes the ring and then it goes Ancestry.com. But it says like the, the rest ends with you or something oh, like that. Shit. Yeah. And this is why we need diversity yeah. in the writers know, room. You look oh at this commercial. God. It's like, oh, like 10 white dudes yeah, wrote this. No one had any because clue. if you look at the history of like white male black female relationships in that time it was like 
literally all rape and right the idea of like oh no there was this it was a green book all over again like this yeah. white savior well, yeah, right. i'm yeah, gonna yeah. take you up to canada and we'll be safe well, that, gonna say, say no anything? no she couldn't she had no dialogue that was historically accurate oh, she couldn't yeah. say anything she took the ring God. yeah insane it, it I'll, sh- I'll show you if it's still yeah. up yeah later that's like a lot of auditions that i've been on it's like the girl doesn't say anything oh man uh, just look said, at the man longingly. Yeah. Brutal. It's hard for you, Buster. <laughs> they don't want you to be funnier or better uh, than them. No. Gross. God, it's just so... That's the thing. It's so deeply ingrained in our society and our history. It's so deeply fucked up. And it is incredibly difficult to look at because it is just so bad and hard. But it's like, how else are we supposed to deal with it? Ignoring it isn't helping. Ignoring it is what makes all these white yeah, people defensive. No, you have to confront it. Like... Uh, and that's I, what keeps them going with all these exactly. terrible jokes. Yeah. Exactly. Because they've been ignoring it for so long. Because we're not confronting it. Right. Right. I feel like you have to confront it and work through it. But that is like, it's like easier in this society to just fit in and go along with how things 100%. are. And it's much harder if you're trying to like bring up conversations or be a little bit different or be a little bit out of the box. And it's uncomfortable and people don't know how to deal with it. And they th- sort of don't want to address it. It's like, we, we have our routine, like, we need to just fucking get through the day, we don't have time for this shit. But, like, that's why systematic oppression still exists, because it's invisible to us. Mm. That's why you have to do fucking, my, like, diversity initiatives, because it's not already happening organically. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then that causes its own problem, because it's like, well, now white dudes won't get anything. It's like, yeah. oh, you guys are gonna be fine, calm down. God. And if then I have to search see, that hard for uh, a brown person, yeah, like, they must not be good. Like, right. Even like um, Andrew Yang r- running for president should be super awesome for me. Yeah. But his whole thing is like kind of like downplaying the fact that he's Asian. Yeah. You know, like he gets asked about it a lot. And he goes, well, you know, I think I'm a candidate for everyone. But I kind of want him to be like, yeah, I'm Asian. It's fucking awesome. But if he says that, he would isolate. Yeah. Like, he would uh, isolate like white voters. Right. In, like, right. The Midwest or something who's like don't aren't as a. Uh, exposed to right Asian so people. it would feel racist to them for him to be proud of being Asian that's what, that's and open what, about it it's almost like as a minority it's like you're damned if you do damned if you don't yeah if yeah. you if you just try to fit in people will be like they think they're white right and then if you try to be like this is who i am and it's complicated they're like shut up it's too much yeah, yeah, yeah. like we like, don't want to think about yeah, it yeah like it's just how the fuck are you supposed to get by and like figure no, it out yeah and I like my, i don't know if your guys his parents are like this but my parents only hang out with other pakistani people yeah my like dad they, solely hangs yeah, out with asians like <laughs> they work with some other people or whatever like some white people some black people but they like just hang out with pakistanis not even like indians just pakistanis <laughs> and it's like that's why it's like our generation is the one like dealing with this shit because our parents are just like they're they're living in like comfortable secluded communities which i'm like happy about i'm happy my parents are happy they like, made yeah. the jump they, deserve they, came, it. they came here yeah they yeah. deserve to be comfortable they right. deserve to be happy they deserve not to be fucked with. and they were the generation who got like even the worst racist shit but, but they, yeah. if i if i ask my dad like he'll say it wasn't like racism you know it's funny because yeah. like i think they're not um they're they're tougher than us yeah they don't like because they have they, to ignore it. Did your parents flee like war? Is that why they well, came? Well, it wasn't war as much as it was like a country that was economically in a bad place. Right. Like, and um, laws weren't being followed. Mm-hmm. And like, they knew if they moved out, they would have a better life. Yeah. 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 My dad fled like the Vietnam War. Okay, so like if yeah. a white guy calls him a chink, it's like not that bad, right? Like, yeah. It's like I was going to be That's fucking so murdered. <laughs> 
My dad came on Freedom Flight. So he's like, he's all right. That's okay. so yeah. fucking true. Dude, like, well, in Hassan Minaj's special, in the Homecoming King special, uh-huh. he has that line about his dad when, like, they were, like, had to clean up some graffiti or some shit, like, they got, or, like, egged or something like that. And then his dad was, like, said i forget i'm totally butchering it i don't totally remember but the sentiment was like this is not that bad right like, we live here like this is part of it like we're accepting this like that it's just like the immigrant the the, the the immigrants that came here our parents generation it's like of that mindset and our generation is like now we're here we're sort of like integrated into culture and we're like it should be fucking better than this yeah. mm-hmm. like it shouldn't be this fucked up in this like invisible push down way right they were like you know, we're just lucky to be here, so just roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but then the white people are like, well, you should be grateful. Right, 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 so right. So, we're, no. Like Faria <laughs> said, we're the generation that's like, no, let's fucking fix this yeah. so it, I don't feel like an other all the time. Yeah. Right. Did you guys ever bring like traditional food to school? Yeah. And have people I like, get made fun of? That smells. Absolutely. Because white people food doesn't have odor. It doesn't I try, have a smell. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have a smell because yeah. it's turkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I tra- sauce? And I tried to make a joke about that, and people don't always get that. It's just hard. Like, even if you try to joke honestly about your experiences, like, yeah, like people don't even fully get it unless it's like other just immigrant kids who went through right, it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to create our own shows. What, what were like some of the things you would bring early on? Uh, well, um, okay, like in like we have shami kebab, which is just mm-hmm. like it's almost like a burger, like it's ground meat uh-huh. cooked together and um, delicious. Yeah, I'm and sure. when I would go to okay, this is actually really fucked up. This is <laughs> I didn't when I was like a kid, I didn't realize like I was being racist against myself. Oh yeah, and I and like for for most like. American people saying Pakistan is hard because in the news they say Pakistan. Right. Mm-hmm. And I say Pakistan because that's how the fuck you say it. Right. You know? And um, so then I would just like, it'd be too hard to just say something so different and everyone goes, huh? And so I started to say Paki. But I didn't know that that was a racist right. term in Europe. Uh-huh. And I thought I was just making shit easier for myself. So when I would bring some food to school, I would try to make, find a way to make it like acceptable. So I was like, this is a Paki patty because <laughs> i didn't want to say oh it's God. a shami kebab another thing where everyone would be like who the what's, fuck are you yeah right. what's shami what's yeah kebab? like yeah, and yeah. it's just too many questions i'm like i don't even fucking know right. like yeah. don't ask me and also getting questioned as a kid just felt annoying yeah i'm like i don't know the answers Dude, i'm just I, this is just me i went to um kindergarten in new, in new jersey outside of princeton only yeah. minority in the whole school yeah and i remember one day sitting at the table at lunch and everyone asking me to say words in Hmong. Like, how do you say car? How do you say tree? How do you say tree? And it feels I remember so that weird. To me too. Yeah, right? It feels bad because, like, then at this very young, formative age, you're taught that you are other and different. And you're like a and trained monkey like, or yeah, something. Yeah, like, it's like this cool trick yeah. that you can pull out. Well, that sounds so, that's not how we say car. Yeah. It's so weird. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. But I probably prepared us for stand up. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Had to be miserable first yeah. in your regular life in order to be miserable on stage. That's true. Have you guys, are you guys into numerology? What's numerology? No, okay. but I could Let's be. Let's get into I'm into, this is I'm, I'm into astrology. I got I'm really, really into, into it. I'm really into astrology yeah. too. I got really into I'm it recently. Ba- yeah, yeah. I would love to talk about that with you. Um, <laughs> I, okay, so then, now, then I kind of, someone mentioned numerology to me, so I've been looking that up and basically, I don't exactly, I don't know too much about it yet, but you can like look up certain numbers based on like your birth date and stuff okay and like there's certain different numbers that mean stuff in your life and there's like a life path number and if you calculate it so i did the math or whatever and my life life path number was like eight which is like something about like 
driven by money and success, which I found interesting because I get stressed out by money and success, ah. which it said that's part of it. But it also said early in life, you have to deal with a lot of bullshit and that's part of the life path. And it, like that kind of shit I just like because it helps me understand and put into context. It's like, this is why you had to deal with racism at a young age or whatever. Because eight. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, okay. But does it say like later on in life everything will pay off? Is that kind well, of the idea? Well, it's sort of like the thi- it's like the life path number is something like how you're driven and motivated, okay. and it's like or what your kind of purpose is on Earth or something. And mine was like you just have to like learn how to um, sit like you are resilient and you have to bounce back from uh, like tough times. But also like if you're not careful, you can fall into this uh, hole of well, money and shit doesn't matter. And then you become like kind of desolate. And then, but if you work hard, you can become successful, but you have to like, so it was saying um, Martha Stewart is a life path eight, which is like, Mm. she was successful, but then dealt with all the shit. Like she was the one person who got in trouble for the tax shit when it's like a lot of, or the insider trading. It's mostly like white dudes. Like a lot of people were doing it, but she was the one person who got packed. That was also something the thing said. It's like, if you are this life path number, you're more likely to get in trouble for this type of shit because it keeps you in check or something. Oh, weird. But then it was like, she's so resilient that she literally just bounced she's back. Not, she's fine. She's still Chilling. the same Martha yeah. Almost yeah. forgot she got caught yeah, that Yeah, like, shit. it's just so interesting. So I, I would say it's pretty interesting stuff if you look up your numbers. I'm into it. I'm yeah. not sure you're going to pull out like, well, I looked up your numbers. <laughs> oh, I wish I had done that. I wish I came prepared. <laughs> it's all good. Before we go, what are some... Uh, some favorite food spots you have. Okay. For, let's get into that and then we can get out of here and okay. eat. Yeah, I'm okay. trying to eat. Um, I do love Havon ramen so much. Okay. I want to go. Yeah, you were telling me you love Asian food. Oh, yeah, I love Asian food. Yeah. I love Mission Chinese. I love Bauhaus. You've been there? I love Bauhaus. Dude, have you, gotta so have, have you got to have Eddie Wong on yeah, the yeah. podcast? We should try to get him. That would be Dude, sick. Would be he's get. one of yeah. my heroes. Like, I read his book uh, a few years ago. Dude, that book is like about every, all of our interests. You guys should read it. It's about racism basketball in the 90s yep. if that's just an interest i don't so, know yeah. where you came up well, with that being i will say that's like just part of it so hip-hop in the his 90s show, fresh off the boat is similar to what you're saying about rami yeah like it wasn't exactly my experience but right. i look like the kid in the show yes and they had the same van that we had and yeah. they have the asian bowls that yeah. we, so like there's a lot of like touch points it's like oh this is family and then, like you connect with a that family so hard. that's like my family yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. and like Still he was into hip-hop right yeah. Yeah, yeah i love like asians that are into hip-hop but yeah like i mean that's fully my shit because i am an asian into hip-hop but yeah like me and my brother read his book and uh we watched uh his show on viceland yeah 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 you gotta watch that it's show so, i love it dude because he's so like, cool he's a confrontational asian which yes. is rare like, yeah. he'll go straight up to, like, a white supremacist and be like, yo, like, why the fuck do you think this Dude, shit? that show is, like, the <laughs> Anthony Bourdain for our era. Yes. Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so good. Did yeah. you see the episode where he was in Maine and, like, he did? It, he was supposed to sing um, the national anthem at this baseball game, like, this local baseball game, <laughs> and he was, like, sort of laughing through it and sort of, like, uh-huh. kind of joking around, not taking it too seriously. They got fucking oh, pissed man. at him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really interesting shit. But I he's know. super cool. Oh, Bauhaus is so good too. Bauhaus is good. You get good. the pork belly. That's the I, one. I actually, I actually have never gotten the pork belly. I it's always so get good. the fish and the chicken. The chicken is dope. And a spicy chicken. But once you're back on pork, get the yeah, pork, I'll probably the pork get the belly. Pork belly. Like, because God bless. Um, the thing they do is they give you a big ass piece of pork belly. Mm. Yeah. Most places give you like a the little. Bow. Yeah, yeah, they give you like a little slice. Bauhaus gives you like a thick yeah, yeah, slab yeah. of, and it's so good. Yeah. 
And I love, uh, I actually used to work in Chinatown. I worked here like last summer or whatever, mm-hmm. and I would get dumplings all the time. Do you, and the chili oil you get in Dude. Chinatown. Mm. And I also like one time saw this video online that every place in Chinatown has their own recipe for chili oil. Yeah. So it's like a very, it's like a source of pride. And the chili oil is amazing and you just dump it all I over. put it on everything. I yeah. love, I live for chili oil. I, I found, want it um, all the time. H Mart sells it. So oh. I have it, and I, I have it at home now. Where's the H Mart at? There's, there's one, one on, yeah, there's one here. No, second. But I'm on, I'm up in Harlem now, so there's one on 78. Oh, that's that cool. I go to. That's really cool. And uh, yeah, I have it at the house. I went to uh, a Mexican place in California when I was home last summer. Yeah. And they had chili oil at the Mexican place. Whoa. And I was like, dude, some Asian dude came here <laughs> and told them like, yo, that's you guys should cool. have. And I was eating a burrito with chili oil on it. It was so yeah. good. You can yeah. be Asian and Spanish at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. It was Wait, so are you? Good. I am. Oh. Yeah. You can do both. Dad. My dad, che- we're Cuban Chinese. On my that dad's is side. so cool. Yeah. See, so, we are the future. We, we are, are the, the future. future. All of our kids are going to be slightly brownish. I'm, yeah. I'm upset I yeah. don't have like a TV show yet. You have Fresh Off the Boat. <laughs> you have Rami. I'm like, Wait, where is the Afro Cuban TV show? Okay, so of my you're going to have to start. I guess yeah. I have you're to make it. You're going to have to do it's it. It's a very specific. You're very castable. You are incredibly castable. Wait, I wanted to talk about since we were talking about chili oil. I just worked at this hot sauce festival. Okay. Like Whoa. Last week. Do you keep hot sauce in your bag? Yeah. I don't, but I fucking should. Hot so here's the thing. Love that. hot sauce. Was very excited for this festival. Do you know what hot sauce culture is? No, no. I want to know though. I have a guest though that Tell I want to get guess. on. Hold uh, before we get into that. Do you know Lafonda? No. What's that? Lafonda is a um, from Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, he is a drag queen who makes his own hot sauce. What? And I met him at a show, and uh, is it good? we follow. Yeah, it's really good. We follow each other on Instagram, so I'm gonna I'm have gonna him follow. come on. <gasps> yeah. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love a, when Instagram yeah, connects yeah, yeah. you oh, to yeah, the yeah, people. Yeah. Oh, we love yeah. Instagram. We Damn, that's awesome. And, and, and Lafonda is dope as fuck. Okay, so I don't know anything about hot sauce. Yeah, well, what was your guess? Uh, like the culture? Yeah. Like generally, what Diverse. it is. Is it, yeah, is it like, I, I would assume it's like Asian and black people and yeah. Latin people, right? That's what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fucking bikers. What? It's like people that bikers? dress like Guy Fieri no. and bikers. Everybody there was like older Weird. and white and like what? very serious about their house sauce. Okay. And was oh. just, yeah, it was not what I wanted. I thought it would be like Latins and. No, no. That's my hot dream sauce. is like. I went up to the one other black person that was there and I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> Bro. And he was like, I mean, this culture's not for us. We love hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's Wait, he said something Wait, very profound. Gonna, I feel like it's going to help us. This quote is going to help us. <laughs> no, he it said. wasn't even profound, really. Okay, tell he us. He was just like, we may love hot sauce, but hot sauce don't love us. <laughs> Dude, that's how I feel about so much. That's, that's how I feel about comedy. That's comedy. I'm like, I love you comedy, but you don't always uh, love me yeah. back. And yeah. it was very sad, but I did that buy a lot of hot sauce. Real. That's uh, awesome, dude. My dad would be. Uh, my dad loves hot it sauce. It was great, but it was. What are you guys' favorite terrible. hot sauces right now? So I this. Like, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I like Please. the green ones. Yeah, they're. They. I like a like a poblano. Yeah. Well, because I am like basically a connoisseur, I love um, ghost pepper. Like I, oh, I, love, I want to sweat. I want to sweat. And I want to be. Crying. Oh, yeah. so you have a high tolerance? Yeah, I, I don't do have too. that high. Oh. Of a to- I have like a normal medium. My to tongue high. is ruined from being Southeast Asian, mm. oh. so I need it to be so spicy. Yeah, I want to feel. Yeah, yeah. I used to think I was like that, but now when I try to eat meals like that, it's just hard to get through the meal. Oh, uh, I want it to be hard to. get I think through. I ruined yeah. my taste buds. 
I think that's like, awesome. That's I like awesome. scotch bonnet. But scotch you know what's hard sauce. is when you eat something so spicy and then you take a shit and oh, it comes brutal. out of your asshole brutal, brutal. spicy. I don't, it yeah. doesn't but happen you, to me. It lives what? inside my really? body. Wow. Yes. I built a, a real tolerance. You are a unique woman. Yeah. <laughs> Highly castable. <laughs> Highly castable. Has the tolerance up. of a fucking Has cactus. been in a cult. That's probably one of the cult things. The that's, cult yeah, thing is for, fascinating. They gave us lots of peppers. You're able to like build. Do you do stand up about your cult? No, I had a joke and I don't like it anymore. So I have to like revisit. Is it because white people made you hate it? Yes. I'm struggling with all my jokes right now. Yes, white people made me hate those jokes. And also I think we talked. No, we talked about it on Mike Brown's podcast, but I don't tell cancer jokes anymore because people made me hate it. Okay, here, that's completely unfair because if I was watching you on stage, like I want to hear all that shit because that's really unique to your story. And I will say like, let's just do some shows around in spaces where we're meant to be and then you should be doing that shit because oh, yeah. i do think if you have a special like that's what's got to be on it yeah cult cancer it cult needs to be your story cult it and needs cancer. to be is that what it'll be called story. that's it your netflix yeah yeah i don't know i'm it's figuring it out i'm figuring it out trying to it's just oh it's i used people, to be that same way though like i i when i first started i was like i'm never gonna talk about being asian and then I realized, like, that's fucking colonization, that man. That is colonizing yeah. your mind. Yeah, because it's like, yo, <laughs> I'm fucking show. Asian. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, okay, like, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be talking about my identity as some sort of crutch or because I'm supposed to. Like, sometimes I feel like this pressure of, like, you're supposed to talk about being brown or your identity because that's what is, like, that's uh, the diversity <laughs> right, fucking right. higher move or whatever yeah. like they want you to just talk about that and so, so then i have like a bunch of jokes about like assholes and stuff uh-huh. but it's like <laughs> i don't know like i do like talking about I being brown and my identity because it's what i think about all the time and like i am fascinated by race because it's affected my entire life and yeah. honestly reading eddie wong's book a few years ago is what made me realize i was like oh this is just a part of me this is always going to be something i'm interested yep. in discussing and how could it not about. be right like yeah we're we walk through this earth not looking like the people yeah. we live in this country alongside right? there's literally only like five percent of the entire population that is like us yeah the best the best thing but the best percent the, the funniest <laughs> thing is like um my wife is white so like yeah. and the town we grew up in is very white and when we started dating uh i got to introduce her to racism <laughs> And did that like open her? Yeah, she watched her eyes. Yeah, like when you start to like discuss, right? If like when once you find the words to be able to articulate your experience, it's great to um make someone militant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we we would walk around the mall, and she was like, "Why is why is that old lady staring at us?" I was like, "Well, she's racist. She doesn't like like us together." Yeah. Yeah. And it it is like an eye opening experience. I think if. I think you can walk through the world as a white person and think like, oh, racism is over. And that's yeah. also a dangerous mm-hmm. mentality yeah. to have, you know, because it sweeps a lot of things under the rug. A hundred percent. And yeah, I think we are at a place now where like, I think it is fine to like, dude, just talk about whatever you want. Don't let people tell you. Yeah. I just didn't like how I felt after my sets and you know how people come up to you and they're like, usually they'll be like, oh, you're funny or whatever. They'd be like, so are you okay? Like what's going on? I don't like that that either. Don't do that. I don't like that. So it didn't, especially at a time, because that was how I was getting through things. I was doing jokes on stage. Okay. And it was at a time where I like, was still getting treatment and stuff oh. and i like yeah. don't want to fucking talk to you but i want to do yeah. my set and i want to like just go i get Got that you. were you doing shows mostly in new jersey at the time uh, i was doing both okay yeah did you feel jersey crowds I'm, were worse yeah okay yeah because yeah, yeah. i'm wondering if it's also like 
yeah like some the rooms you know Mm -hmm. because it's also like the room it always depends on the room because if you have a joke that can kill in one room and then it bombs in another then that has to be the room right yeah i think so and i think though like i feel like anyone we have uh, as a guest on our show everyone's at a level now where they're really funny and yeah yeah i think um like everyone's good right yeah so it has to be the room at this point you know it's just like it's just hard because like you know, when I was, like, doing these shows in D.C., which are, like, pretty empty, like, bar shows, yeah. like, no one's really there, and then, like, the people that are there are, like, into the homophobic jokes or whatever, and then I'm bombing. It just makes me want to revert to this place where I'm, like, not doing my material. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to do your material in a room like that where you, they don't really respect what you're doing, and then you're bombing, and it's, like, because I don't want to expose them to, like, what I think are my best jokes. Right. And then have them be like well she's not good and these jokes are weird i don't know and it's just like hard but i'm like i guess it's like maybe in 10 years or something when i'm like a lot more solid i could be in a place where i can do those jokes and just not give a fuck but right now it's maybe i'm just it's still too like personal or something or i think you can be too close to material yeah and you can also like, finesse your material yeah. like yeah. It, you could have the same joke and tell it different ways in different right. rooms that's true yeah. that is the whole point of being a you know ambiguous fucking butterfly like we all are yeah that's, that's true, true. Except for Brian. no true. i'm very do you guys, do you guys yeah. write your shit every time i have to say it and write it and say it again because mm. i have to like see it and then say it right and then feel it mm. i don't know is that a, is that a I process well, yeah. yeah i think there's <laughs> yeah, like whatever process works for me for i think of like um a bullet point and then i just talk about it on stage and i hope like because now i've done it so long i used yeah. to write but now i kind of know how my mind works and how to get to the punchline so if i want to do something about like andrew yang i'm like okay yeah. i'm going to talk about andrew yang and like I'll figure out. That's how you the write bullet. jokes. Yeah, like yeah. the topic, and then I, like I get that. to the. I feel like that's how. That. I feel like that's naturally how my brain works, and I write jokes. But you, uh, I got this like advice or whatever, from someone or like from, like there's people that are like, well, right before you go on stage or whatever, like write out everything you're gonna say. So I've been trying to do that, but sometimes it, I think it makes me too like I'm stuck on those words. Yeah, and you're yeah. really technical, and I can't be flexible with the I words then. I the way I do it, like someone told me that before too, and it didn't work for me. Yeah, I don't. So think I think the cool even... thing about standup is you can do it however you, you want. want. Yeah. yeah, you're your own boss. There are no rules. And for me, like that's how I naturally feel. I I used to write it and then say it exactly how I wrote it, and it felt so rehearsed. I don't like doing so that. Now, it makes me feel too stuck. As long as I get to the like the meat of the punchline, right? It doesn't have to be word for word the same every it time it should be natural like. yeah. yeah i think i'm in this place where i'm saying everything too much the same so it's hard to feel like i can be flexible because yeah. I'm um one of the one of kevin hart's like red cup boys mm-hmm. i don't remember his name but um he was on a show in jersey with me and he was saying he never writes at all that he just yeah like okay because like yeah because i feel like He's sometimes when people also. are people giving you advice when people are they they're like this is how you have to do it and then you'll be good but it's like i don't know i'm sort of like sick of taking that kind of advice because yeah. i'm like i know this isn't working for me but i'm doing it because i'm like hoping that it does pay off or yeah. something but it's just not feeling exactly like me i watched this seinfeld documentary and he's like you need to write every day and you mark right. off your calendar and i was like that feels like homework yeah it doesn't like, like i don't want to do that i don't even think that's how my brain like it doesn't yeah like I don't. If I'm not writing jokes I'm excited about, then it's gonna be boring jokes right, that I'm right. not even into, and then I, it's like 
what's the point it's my fucking art it's yeah. like everything about doing this is hard and sucks anyway yeah, like, why, yeah. why does it have to yeah i feel like i spent the last year just doing shit really loose and then that whole thing happened where right. i got the note of like you're too loose and then i'm like okay so now i need to figure out exactly what that means for me and it's just for me it's like the main thing i do is record every set listen to it even though that sucks yeah. But then that's like to you me. You just hear the parts that didn't work. Exactly, right? and you hear where you can trim the fat. And you're yeah. like, okay, I didn't, I didn't need to say that. That can yeah. get out. Like, yeah. I, they'll still get the punchline without yeah. those words. And then that's how you just get tighter. You just have to like not be too lazy about it. That's the wrong <laughs> trick. That's the I know. Trick. I'm so lazy. Though, I'm yeah. so lazy too. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I was getting lazy about my jokes, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I can tighten these up. Like, and I don't want to like leave like, them as they are. Because you're super naturally funny, just as a Thank human being. You. So, and I feel like that's like more like some people you can tell like they're writers and they're funny on yeah. stage right like but for, more for me as well like i'm always yeah. like the dude who's like cracking jokes at parties and right. stuff so like when you're natural when you're naturally funny i think it makes you a lazy writer if you have natural talents in any way you, yeah. you can easily just lean on those and yeah not like, I'll, like cause sometimes i'll be like i will not have a set list and i'm just like ah it'll work out yeah, like i'll get on. up there and then sometimes it's like oh no like i should have <laughs> yeah. just prepared a little yeah, i yeah. always like that i'm like it'll be fun i should have prepared <laughs> but i, I like list. like having a looseness to it me like, too if there's I, no honestly, safety net it feels fucking cool it, it's like, much more thrilling yeah, to be on yeah. stage last night i did this show and it was like sort of like a theme show like mm-hmm. you're supposed to, it's a least morality show roast of your 15 year old yeah. self and oh, it was so fun and so you got to re- and like i didn't i hadn't done the set before because it was like so it's sort of like storytelling and you're just coming up there and so i was like just fucking being in the moment it was so thrilling and right. so exciting and i actually did because something i got really into when i was 15 was i was really into prank calls <laughs> which was like honestly my first foray into comedy yeah, like performing yeah. for people and like doing characters you're, you're really good at voices thank too. you yeah. oh yeah okay so i don't i think okay but anyways i did a prank call on stage and it was like just so thrilling <laughs> right. and like it was so amazing to be in the moment and it like oh, was exa- and it like crushed in, in this way that i wanted it to and it was like exactly how i want to be doing comedy like it was like my fucking style i didn't have to be- it wasn't like well you're not doing traditional setup punchline jokes so we're mad it was like i was just fucking doing this shit and fucking with this guy's friend on the phone and so it like good. W- felt good to just do it like like it feels good to do comedy the way you want but it's like I guess if it's like loose in this thing, it's like people are like, "Well, how do you package that? Like, yeah. what is that?" Yeah. Well, you'll figure it out. I'm yeah, I'm a fan. Out. I haven't even heard your comedy. Dude. I'm a fan. Korea, thanks. I'm a friend of yours. Korea's funny as fuck. Dude. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Yeah. I love um, okay, so we got to wrap up. Where okay. can people okay. find you online and okay. come to your shows and be your fans? Oh my god, I'm at Farizi, uh Four E's on Instagram and Twitter. Post about shows on there. Outcast every other month at Union Hall. The sub show is coming up at Caveat on May 9th. Mm-hmm. Come out, hang out. Dude, that's Faria Khan. She's the best. We went to comedy camp. <laughs> became you. buds. Thank you so much. Thanks Guys, for me. Uh, this has been What's Eating You. I'm Brian Yang. I'm Ariel Yeti. And one last time, our guest. I'm Faria Khan. Guys, uh, this has been What's Eating You, presented in partnership with Listening Party. Uh, and uh, we're recording inside Canal Street Radio. Follow the crew at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market on Instagram. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye.